The 8th Bioceuticals Research Symposium is going digital and will take place over four weekends from the 6th to the 28th of June 2020. For more information and to register your place, go to bioceuticals.com.au and click on the Education tab. Medicine. I'm Andrew Whitfield-Cook. Joining us on the line today is Dr Sally Price from Western Australia. As well as her expertise as a general practitioner, she has interests in nutritional medicine and Ayurvedic medicine, and she's also a choir singer. Welcome to FX Medicine. Sally, how are you going? Yes, good, thanks. Thank you for the opportunity to um, talk today. It's a pleasure, absolute pleasure. Now, tell us, you're a singer. How long have you been singing for? So I did do a bit of uh, singing at school. I was in the school choir and I grew up with my dad was singing around the house. He was involved in the local um, choral society. And so I've been involved in singing for a long time. And it was about 12 years ago that I got into local choirs in my local community and from there, I've really enjoyed both the community aspect of that, the joy of singing and all the good things that we know that that does for ourselves, for connection, for our voice. And there's lots of really good information that it synchronizes breathing and um, it's good for heart rate variability. There's lots of immune factors in that. So it's a good all-rounder and some of the choirs I was involved with, there were a lot of people with, you know, post-cancer and with other health conditions that really found it a good part of their week. Okay, so let's do a little bit of a backtrack here. Um, tell us about what you do as an integrative GP, what your work involves. Well, I do the whole spectrum. So I know that some people specialise, they subspecialise in SIBO or in thyroid or in gut stuff. And in the last 20 years, I 20 years ago, I learned about Ayurvedic medicine, which is a complete system. And it did get written down in India, but it's it's for everybody on the planet. So it's really for all sentient beings. And it's based on really how things work in a body and how things get out of balance. And from that grounding, then I went into functional medicine, nutritional and environmental medicine, lifestyle medicine. So I've learned a lot along the way in the last 20 years. I was very lucky to be trained by Dr. Igor Tabrizian on hair tissue mineral analysis. So yeah. that's part of my work. Yep. And as uh, things have progressed, I did biobalance and I've learned about nutrients for mental health. And then with uh, Bioscreen and Dr. Henry Butt's lectures, I also looked at gut-brain links. And so I guess in the last few years, it's really been looking at gut-brain links more predominantly. But because I see the whole spectrum, when we spoke previously, I didn't know what I had to contribute because I felt like, you know, I do a bit of everything. I don't have one special thing. And that's why I offered today that maybe the talk that I gave to some vocal students about five years ago, and I've just redone that for um, 
a composer conductor friend of mine made a podcast for them I thought maybe this would be useful for other practitioners that might have singers and performing performing people in their practice because it's really about care of the voice and the throat and how we can optimize that so that we a don't get sick and how we b get over um having a you know a sore throat and that sort of thing um quite quickly as fast as we can yes um I mean, I used to work where uh, uh, quite, an Austra- quite a famous Australian singer and her brother um, used to come in and buy propolis all the time. Yes, yeah. yes, and that's a great, that's a great um, all-rounder, isn't it, propolis? It, as long as you can get past the taste. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so, so why is immunity so important for singers? I mean, we can obviously think about the sore throat, but are they at greater risk of catching sore throats or is it just something that's really important to them so they have to just keep their voice in tip-top condition? Well, so in Ayurvedic traditions, the voice is really tied to the immune system. So it's really interesting that... When you've got a good, strong voice, we know that your immune system is in good shape. And of course, for us, you know, in the Western world, it's just a portal of entry of uh, viruses and bacteria into the body. If we're um, breathing through the mouth or breathing through the nose, the, the, the nasal membranes should filter viruses out and we should filter out bacteria and we shouldn't have a lot of overgrowth of bacteria in those areas. And so when we get a bit run down and our immunity runs down, I think that's when those pathogens can find a portal of entry. And so it's really those basic things that we need to do. And in the singing community, of course, there's often evening work. So people may be late to bed and they don't get their full night's sleep. Um, They may be stressed, so performances often put on, you know, a whole bunch of performances in a row and they may not be eating the best. They may get dehydrated while they're on stage. So it's really about keeping the voice and in tip-top condition because, of course, it's their livelihood. Yeah. So, Sally, what sort of you know, commonly used secrets do singers use to keep their voice in in tip-top condition? So some of it is all the basics that we all know and love, which is keeping your uh, nutrition up to scratch. So you want to eat your rainbow of plant foods, your six cups of plant foods every day, your 40 different foods a week to feed your microbiome. You need to sip water and clean filtered water. So we don't want those bisphenol A plastic water bottles. We want either a glass or stainless steel water bottle and keep sipping every 15 minutes. And this helps to flush viruses down into the stomach where we hope the stomach acid will take care of them. We want to have a good mindset, so peace of mind. Um, and we want to stay in love rather than fear. You probably know that dipole of, of love versus fear. If we're in a good state of mind, keeping our mindful thoughts on track, um, that's going to be helpful. We want to do our normal exercise, but it's critical to do nasal breathing, as you probably know, Andrew, with 
exercise, it's important that we breathe through our nose wherever possible because it helps the filtering system and also it can expand the cardiovascular system and the base of the lungs opens up more when we're exercising with breathing through our nose from the nitric oxide um, mechanisms. Right. Then um, we need our sleep and our rest and I talk about how it's important to make up for lost time. So we know now from sleep information and studies that if you have a couple of late nights, if you make those up during the following week, then you're probably going to be back on track. But if people are constantly uh, staying up late, then their immune system does suffer. Um, and then, you know, there's more specific things. So in terms of that, we want to make sure that we uh, moisten and lubricate the throat very frequently. And apart from drinking, we also want to use um, some oils. There's oil pulling has got popular more recently. Mm. Um, but that's a that's an ancient Ayurvedic tradition called yeah. gandush and gandush is where you take about a teaspoon of oil and traditionally that would be cold pressed sesame which we know now has a lot of zinc in it and zinc being a good deterrent from viruses and so you would swish that around in the mouth and the throat for as long as you can say up to 20 minutes and the theory behind that is that that's pulling toxic material out of the blood supply and if you can do it for 20 minutes that all the blood supply to the body would have filtered through that area right that's really interesting so wasn't that um wasn't oil pulling also used to help whiten teeth as well getting rid of stains yeah so it's fantastic for um the teeth and the gums and the little crevices around there as well right. and one of my dentists over here is a an integrative dentist, and he recommends oil pulling with a little drop of thyme oil in the mix. He tends to recommend coconut oil, and I think there's definitely good um, thought behind that because, as we know, the caprylic acid is antiviral as well. Um, and then if you're using coconut oil and a little bit of thyme oil and swishing that around, that's very good for strengthening the membranes and cleaning in between the teeth and very beneficial in that area. Right. Just going back to stress, uh, I, when you were talking about singing, the first thing that came into my mind was something that Emrys Goldsworthy taught me about um, stimulating the vagal nerve. And, mm. he, and he said that singing was one of the best things. Now, mm. you know, if we take my example, it's more like wailing, but, <laughs> mm. but, but singing. And I'm also reminded of this incredible YouTube clip of Bobby McFerrin showing people that everybody knows the pentatonic scale. It's just inherent. Yes, that's right. So everybody can sing, right? Yeah, that's right. And um, that's what a lot of my colleagues who um, run choirs feel as well, is that we've all got our own capacity. And if you don't want to be listened to, of course, you can do it in your car, you can do it in your shower, you can, you know, sing when nobody else is around. But it's a very beneficial thing. And I think at the moment, we're seeing people 
in Italy singing from their balconies and that sort of thing. It's lovely to see that happening in the community. It's definitely beneficial and people at choir, if they go to a regular choir, you know, we all share the same things. You know, we feel like, oh, you know, I've just got home from work and, you know, I've got to really get out there and go to choir and I don't really feel like it today sometimes, but we all feel fantastic afterwards. And, you know, it's the breathing, it's the being in a group, but singing definitely improves that vagal nerve balance, I believe. Right. And and also a point about the breathing as well. Obviously, the more strenuous breathing you're going to do, you're going to get into oxygen debt. So how do you maintain that breathing in through your nose? And then I'm I'm assuming that it's okay to breathe out through your mouth. Is that correct or not? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So I think um, as you breathe through your nose, what my understanding is, is that the bloods then get, so the sensors at the bottom of your diaphragm and these sensors then open up the bases of the lungs and the blood gets diverted into that area. So by breathing through your nose initially, when you start to walk or sing, um, you'll then get better capacity through your whole lung. So you're using the whole lung rather than just the top bit that we usually are breathing out of yeah. and that is more associated with anxiety and so forth. Yeah, and when you're teaching patients about this diaphragmatic breathing, do you talk to them also or show them about how their their belly should inflate? Absolutely. Yeah. A really good trick is if people want to practice that, I get them to lie on the floor mm-hmm. and put a book on their tummy and see if they can breathe in and get that book to go up and down. At choir, we often put our hands on the sides of our lungs so that we can actually feel that expand as we're doing some breaths during warm-ups and so forth yeah it was it was really evident to me recently we did it actually as a family and it was really evident just how prevalent um uh lung uh, forgive me uh, rib breathing is and how it's almost unconscious and how you really have to concentrate on belly breathing yeah it was quite quite incredible it was a big learning curve And I think that's with the popularity of yoga and people doing a lot more of that. It's a great practice. And, of course, these days there's a lot of people with um, breath work seems to be exploding at the moment. And with Wim Hof, I'm sure you're aware of um, some of those techniques where it's different ways of breathing and it um, has different benefits. Gotcha. So let's get back to a few more of these things that you use in your practice with singing, with helping singers to maintain their immunity. Now, we've mentioned oil pulling that's high in zinc. What about other minerals like, say, um, uh, selenium? Yeah, so I do have a list of minerals. I tend to always start with zinc. I think that selenium is also a critical one because we know of its antioxidant capacity and its antiviral properties. Vitamin C, of course, um, we all need probably somewhere between at least one and three grams of that per day. And, of course, that helps the immune system and its antiviral and so forth. Um, What I found really interesting was learning a bit about genetics in the last couple of years, there's a whole range of different underpinnings of people's DNA and people's capacity to pull in vitamin C and to use vitamin 
see. And I find that some people, it doesn't really work that well to take tablets, but the um, the more oil-based, the liposomal types are very beneficial. And that, of course, is another okay. thing that you swish around to your mouth to get into your system. Right. Okay. And you know, we mentioned propolis, but what about good old honey? I mean, for, yeah, so, for mucositis, mm. there's a, a just a really cheap, um, it, you call it a swish and swallow with honey and coffee. I don't know if that's used for singers that might get a bit hyped afterwards. Uh, singers aren't so into coffee because, of course, <laughs> of its dehydration properties. So we tend to avoid dairy and we avoid coffee and really keeping very well hydrated and then... Um, omega-3 oils are, of course, important for our mucous membranes. Yeah. So we want to make sure that we're optimizing, you know, those and the fat-soluble vitamins as well. Then I guess we've got actual gargling. So I think Dartis Karazian uh, also talks a lot about gargling for balancing the vagus nerve. Yes, yes. And, of course, you can have just plain salty water or you can use something that's got some essential oils in there as well or people sometimes use a whole range of antimicrobial type gargles. Um, I rather suspect that simple is better because we don't want to delete or destroy some of our good commensals in terms of the oral microbiome. Or indeed choke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then and then we've got some. Um, we have a singer's potion, right? Yep. So one of my colleagues I was chatting to last weekend was saying that he uses this potion if he wakes up with a scratchy throat of any description. He gets into the hot water with some lemon, um, so a couple of slices of lemon, a really good dollop of honey plus some ginger and turmeric, and we tend to use about a quarter of a teaspoon of each of those spices into a cup of hot water, and that is a really good thing to just sip all day. And, and he sings for opera and that sort of thing, so basically he reckons if he gets into that first thing in the morning, he can still go that evening to do his uh, work, basically. it's You know, it's really interesting how singers, they really do, I mean, it's almost like they can't do without these things. Like mm. it would be interesting mm. to speak to Adele or something like that. Um, the person I was, I should, shouldn't mention them, but they're quite famous in Australia. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, and it was really interesting how, it, how important it was for them and if, you know, if the propolis wasn't there, it was a real stressful <laughs> period for them because it was like, yeah. oh, no, I need this stuff. They can't yeah, go on without yeah. There was yeah. also, I think another one had um, flat, I, I know you're not going to like this, but um, flat Coca-Cola. Really? Yep, was another one. I guess that <laughs> cleans that things out. I mean, we know that that's probably like that's very antimicrobial because of all the nasty pesticides and things <laughs> that are in it. So it may well be that that kills a whole load of things off. I know a, um, a friend of mine who was a mum that I knew at school and when the school went for a fish and chip thing, she used to, that was the only time that she had um, a certain soft drink because of the amazing acidity of it to wash down the incredible amount of 
fats that would be consumed. So yeah. I guess it's got its place. I know it's used as a toilet cleaner and for degreasing engines as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, now, talking about lifestyle measures, what about things like getting enough sunshine and vitamin D? Absolutely. And vitamin D is a critical um, modulator of the immune system, isn't it? Yeah. So, you know, again, learning genetics, I found there were a lot of people that whatever they did, even if they did get their sunlight, um, they can't seem to get their D off the floor. And I've seen vitamin Ds right down to 19. But of course, we really want them. We, we really want our D in the in the sort of 100 to 150 or even, you know, some of the ranges now go up to 200. Now, that's nanomoles. Um, uh, that's yeah. nan nanomoles per liter. Yeah. So if you want, yeah. if you're from America, you have to convert that to um, the American... Is it deci? Gosh. Mm. <laughs> Micrograms mm. per deciliter, I think. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I do, I do recommend, I think we need to start a new trend with uh, sun, you know, a little bit of sun in the middle of the day. If we could get all yes. office workers and people to just, you know, strip off a little bit or get their belly and their back out to the sun at about midday and just have that five minutes just out of the office, I think that would make a huge difference to the immunity of the population. So if we can start that as a trend, that would be fabulous. Now, we know that we need to get the exposure between 10 and 3 when it's yes. UVB rather than the UVA that damages the skin. And obviously when we can manage to do that, we need you know, somewhere between 5 and 20 minutes so that it's not burning the skin, but it is providing that vitamin D. And, of course, we get so much more from the sun than just the vitamin yes. D, don't we? That's I right. mean, everybody's sort of focused on the vitamin D as the reason to do that, but I'm hopeful that people would also recognise there's so much more. And I believe there's other nutrients or vitamins or things that our body produces because, I mean, somebody said, and it's a lovely quote, we're, uh, we're actually houseplants with complicated emotions. <laughs> you know, we should be outside. We really need to be out there like uh, our ancestors. And if at least we can get a bit of that, then that's going to all help. Look, absolutely. And, and you know, in these difficult times of, of COVID-19, we are in a blessed position that we have a rather small population for a rather large landmass. So at least we can get that social distancing while we're going outside and, and getting that important sunlight and, you know, relaxing and, and, you know, connecting back with nature, taking our socks and shoes off, preferably not in winter or mud. Um, um, but what about herbs? Like um, you mentioned thyme before and turmeric mm, mm. or curcumin, but what about things um, like echinacea, which has a particular effect of having that raspy sort of tingly, burny sensation at the back of your throat? Do singers like that or hate that? Um, they enjoy that if they know that it's doing them good. So I think, um, I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not really a herbalist, but I think, you know, things like licorice have got that, you know, yeah. mucilaginous capacity. Yep. We've got things that also go along with that that can help the whole gut um, system certainly um, echinacea and um, is it andrographis? I always get yeah. these two mixed up. Andrographis, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. That can be really beneficial for the immune system, and also all the medicinal mushrooms that we're seeing now. I feel that people that have um, 
slightly less resilient mucous membranes throughout the gut. So if we have people that have the FUT2 gene, for example, or mm. um, negative blood groups, then I feel that having, um, you know, the medicinal mushrooms or even just mushrooms that are yes. really beneficial and getting a good variety of those. And did you hear the thing about if you put your mushrooms in the sun, they'll also Make generate vitamin some vitamin D for yes, you. So yes. you're kind of double dipping there, getting the vitamin D as well as the medicinal capacity in, of the mushrooms. Indeed, I think it was a, a, a researcher. He's he certainly um, um, a vitamin D supporter. Uh, forgive me, a mushroom supporter. And I think there's this guy, very colourful fellow, um, but he was involved in something where they irradiated a slice of a portobello mushroom, a slice. Yeah. And got 50,000 or something IU out of it. Like a massive, I mean, that's a stostos. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, so these foods can carry a heck of a lot of vitamin D. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Which, you know, I mean, we, we learn all this technical information, don't we? Like, you know, we learn about the gut microbiome, we learn about DNA, but... Essentially, it's just bringing us back to go outside, eat real food, yeah. you know, do things as nature intended. Um, and, you know, I'm hoping with COVID-19 that we're getting this surge of people gardening like in the, yes. like in the, like in the war, that yeah. people are kind of like, oh, my goodness, I'm going to have to actually grow stuff myself just in case. Um, and so is... I think there are some good things that could potentially come out of this. If there is one small mercy, it will be that people will get back to nature and grow yep. more of their food. Yeah, yes. yeah, and slow down. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sally, just a, a last question on asthmatics. Um, people who suffer from asthma and singing, the benefits of singing, does it help them um, control their, their breathing? Does it have any effect whatsoever on medication use or is it just something that's quote-unquote good for their lungs? Um, I don't know any studies on that, but I would imagine that that would really help asthmatics and I think it would help them with the control and I think it would help them with using the lower lungs. My understanding for asthmatics is that butaco breathing is a really useful technique to learn and I do know from another practitioner that, you know, they've had patients that have done butaco for asthma and I think a lot of people gain at least good benefit, if not are no longer needing their puffers and things like that from an asthma perspective. So I think if people um, have asthma, then there are, uh, you know, that's a, that's a way out of it. I think as far as singing's concerned, taking big breaths into your lower lungs and getting that breathing capacity and also all the vagal effects would would all be beneficial and i i sense that people with asthma are often upper lung breathing right. and in that stress factor so and of course you know asthma is a very dangerous thing and it can kill you so um if if you at least know how to manage the situation when you um, you know, in, in the circumstances where you can. I wouldn't tell anyone to come off their puffers, of course, because if you need them, you need them. But yeah. the thing is that you can certainly mitigate the situation with 
buteco breathing um, is my understanding. Yeah, I, I look, I think, you know, notwithstanding that we can't do spirometry every week, it's too expensive and we just don't have the equipment, but but even something simple like a peak flow meter, as long as you are you train yourself to make sure that you're giving a true blow into that device, it's just like a fuel gauge. It doesn't tell you how many litres of fuel you have. It tells mm. you whether you're on full, half or empty and whether you're going up or down. And, yeah. you know, this was actually taught to me by a thoracic physician many years ago. And he said, I don't care if you're standing on your head with one finger in the ear singing Oklahoma. If your peak flow is going up or maintaining a high level, fine. But if whatever you're doing, if it's going down, you need to change course. Mm. Um, so, you know, it was really salient advice from an expert in that. I went, okay. Um, so, and he mm. was pretty open with his patients about, you know, what they would use and take. Mm. Um so uh, I think as long as we learn from that, we're on a safe track. Absolutely, yeah. And I think the thing is that, um, you know, the effects that we have from these these things that were normal for us to just sing in groups and so forth, um, ah. you know, it's that community kind of feeling, that feeling of safety, that feeling um, that we're not so stressed and so it, it it affects every level doesn't it it yeah. affects the guts as well and the gut biome and you know the oxygenation of areas that may not be so well oxygenated at times yeah that's certainly going to present um its own challenges uh within dealing with social distancing with um COVID-19 and coronavirus situations so Sally I, I gotta say you know like I don't know what that's going to present for you as a singer yourself in the in the coming months, but um, I do wish you well and thank you so much for taking us through at least some of the things that singers can do to improve their immunity today on FX Medicine. Great. Thanks for having me. This is FX Medicine. I'm Andrew Whitfield-Cook. If you're loving our FX Medicine podcasts, please don't forget to share us with your colleagues, family and friends.